Hello and welcome to the Psychoactive Entheogens Podcast. My name is Michael Pierce, your host, and with me as always, the co-host and founder of the Psychoactive Nonprofit Association, Ram Crutch. Hello everyone and thank you for tuning into the show. One day, come out of this this psychedelic closet we're having to hide. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think it's a good topic of our discussion because I know I I kind of came out a few months ago and uh, it was a kind of a big decision. I did a big old mushroom journey to kind of get guidance on that. And uh, that's what that was kind of the catalyst to say, OK, it's now or never, <laughs> you know, yeah. once you once you make that move it's like you know good luck getting a quote-unquote regular job right but uh i decided that that's nothing i wanted anyway so yeah once you come out all you can do is change the world so now we're here (laughs) you know absolutely and at this point we don't have a choice yeah yeah but yeah i just did i just had a little Nice. Um, That's super healthy. Nice. I'm doing, uh, I'm on a cordyceps uh, program right now. It's our first, uh, our first flush was like, uh, what, about six weeks ago. So I've been on cordyceps for about a week now. Do about about five grams a day. Feel like super sharp. Yeah, super sharp, super energetic. Uh, it's funny because they don't talk about focus as one of its benefits, but it's definitely focus is I've been tackling these projects that have been kind of on the back burner and just boom, just go right through them until they're done. You know, I'm pretty ADD, so it's uh, it's certainly helpful. Yeah, Is that what, you, what some I- of the work you're doing in mycology sciences? Pardon me? Is that the, some of the work you're doing with mycology yeah. sciences, or is that your own project? No, that's that that's that's through mycology sciences. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, it looks like Mike won't won't be uh, joining us, so um, I will give a little intro. Everybody, thank you for joining us. Um, our guest today is Guy Borgford. Did I say that correctly? That is correct. All right. Um, Welcome, sir. He is um, an amazing guy on his uh, journey with psychedelics, healing the uh, himself and others. Um, CEO with mycology, or sorry, vice president, correct? Correct, Uh, vice president. Yeah. Development with mycology sciences. Welcome, sir. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you. And uh, great to be here. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, we'll get right back into it. Um, I just, uh, I guess you can tell everyone where you're at right now. Are you up at the farm or the, the cabin? Yeah. So uh, I moved from Seattle back in July of last year and uh uh, bought some property with a little cabin on it on the Skagit River up here in the North Cascades. I'm right on the edge of the North Cascades National Forest uh, on an acre on the river and uh, just in the middle of beautiful nature, man. That's awesome. And you were telling me you um, you uh, started going through your psychedelic journey up there, healing, and is that where you first discovered uh, 
psychedelics or it, does psychedelics lead you to that property and that lifestyle? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. No, you know, my, my work with psychedelics uh, started many, many years ago, uh, you know, in my teens, uh, consuming a variety of different uh, molecules, uh, psilocybin, um, LSD, MDMA, uh, my late, you know, late teens, early 20s, all done in a recreational context. Uh, that said, I do kind of retrospectively look back and, and um, do recall some real epiphanies through those experiences, even though I really didn't know what to make of them at the time. Um, and then, you know, fast forward uh, many, many years, decades, and uh, just about three years ago, um, I started meditating and I adopted a pretty devout meditation practice. Um, that led me to uh, what I later learned was uh, is known as a Kundalini awakening. And um, through that, um, that led me to plant and fungi medicine. Um, I kind of reinstigated my work with plant and fungi medicines uh, with ayahuasca. Uh, I did a couple of ayahuasca ceremonies, uh, came back and did a couple more. And then from that, that led me uh, to start working with the mushroom, which is um, really my, uh, you know, I would say it's not my cup of tea, but it's definitely the molecule that I have the greatest uh, spiritual connection with. Um, and um, so I've been working with, uh, with mushrooms for a couple of years now. Uh, started doing um, some really kind of deep shadow work and uh, processing uh, both trauma in my lifetime, but also intergenerational and epigenetic trauma. And then uh, from there, kind of just working through the mushroom, realized that I could really help other people and um, started working with other folks with the mushroom as well. Um, you know, back in uh, July last year, I had I was working in a software uh, consultancy and um, I lost my job. You know, the whole covid pandemic and all that stuff. Business was pretty, pretty difficult. And um, so I lost my job. But I in the interim, I had been uh, looking for a place to move into nature. And, you know, to your earlier question. Um, the medicine definitely brought me there between the medicine and the meditation. It was a really clear message that I needed to get out of the city and into a place where I was closer to nature and better connected to the divine energy of nature. Um, so that's what led me up here. And I've been up here since for what, 10 months now. I love it. <laughs> On my first DMT experience uh, within six months, I was packed me and the family were moved up to California, five acres of land, stream running through the yard, you know, growing pot. It was like, why would I wait so long to do this? You know, like yeah. I thought in the in the in the the trip, it was like more of a revelation. Like, why would I work 60, 50 years to retire and come up here when I can just go right now? Like, why would I, you know, I, I have this the the FOMO as the kids say like I like I don't want to miss out on anything in this this hustle bustle city um, of a bunch of stuff I don't really care about or need um, once I got out of there and realized like wow there's so much more to experience uh, in terms of my relationship with myself and the planet rather than this twenty four seven three sixty five 
hustle and bustle that really was getting me nowhere but unhappy and unhealthy and yeah yeah absolutely graham and you know you're you're hearing a lot these days about you know people talking about the matrix and you know the big lie and um you know at the end of the day uh once you dig into our common culture and this kind of quote unquote consensus reality you realize that it is a whole lot of bullshit um and that uh really you know our our true purpose is to be with nature because we are nature and i think most people who live in uh, urban environments have really lost that connection and they're very disconnected both from nature in general and through that disconnected from their true self and um you know this is a, uh, you know, we're at a tipping point, right, in humanity. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a large kind of, you know, surge in people doing just that and really kind of opting out of the system and looking at ways of, you know, just living a better life um, with their true self and their true divinity and living a life of, you know, learning about and respecting nature. And that's one thing that I find, you know, plant and fungi medicine, um, you know, it, they're really valuable in that they show us that. They show us how important it is to connect to that and how important it is to understand that we are part of both nature and everything in the cosmos. Um, you know, and, and I think that once you adopt that worldview, um, you know, your whole life changes. And, um, you know, you, you, you become cooperative versus competitive. You become compassionate versus, you know, constantly frustrated. Um, you know, you, you, you just become a better human being. And, um, you know, I just, I, I can't say enough about the value of, um, of, you know, this type of ex exploration of consciousness and working with your shadows and understanding your trauma and understanding yourself through these incredible plant fungi teachers. Uh, I'd like to say that on that no, note. Go ahead. That's really, um, I've been working systems and also experimenting with you know, plants and different um, spiritual teachings and all these different levels of things. And um, what you just touched upon really is, I think, fundamentally so valuable. Um, you know, Tesla said that when we start to study consciousness, we're going to do a huge break we've ever done before and i think we're really exploring the foundations and, and getting pretty deep actually on a couple levels one of the things i think i, I just want to propose which i think is that in quantum physics um the information paradox of a black hole how information either gets sucked in or is a bit looks like a giant room and it's very fascinating that i've found as well with mushrooms that it's almost like a key to universal self it opens up this like portal to your larger consciousness field and actually i found in some of my research lately very advanced like quantum physics quantum consciousness code and we're like speaking things into our reality and you know when we say we cannot or we can't do something really tying a knot in our energy field and choking us off from our own source field our own universal consciousness field and things like mushrooms and it kind of like opens us back up this larger field and we're able to kind of tap into it more and get back into a more flow harmonic nature 
be specifically with mushrooms, also DMT, ayahuasca, these certain plant medicines really open us back up, open our, our pineal gland and third eye back up. Um, and yeah. I think it's so fascinating to, you know, like Grant, you were kind of talking about, it's like the more that we choke ourselves, our little ego body off from the consciousness field, and we talk about our field, we're like literally choking ourselves off until we build up such a high pressure that we need to make a change. You know, either into the plant medicine world, fungi world, or like just do something different because it's not working for us. Um, and I think that's really where like much really up back to us. Yeah, I mean, you 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 speak about you know uh, quantum physics and you know the whole world of science in general. The you know more and more science is now kind of pointing to uh, spirituality as um, as kind of you know the the ineffable mysteries of the universe are. Th- you know, the more that we dig into science, the greater the mystery becomes. You know, the greater our understanding the greater our lack of understanding, you know, it's a, it's one of these like beautiful paradoxes that, you know, they could continue to weave our way through our own reality is that, it, you know, there's just so much mystery. You go down into the microscopic level or out into the cosmos. And the more that we dig in, the greater the holy fuck, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what's amazing about it. The psychonauts are were like many explorers inwardly and outwardly. And and so, you you know, I want, want to ask more about what you're doing now to help others with with finding psychedelics and 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 helping guide with their journeys. Yeah, 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 for, for sure. Like I like I mentioned, you know, it started with doing a lot of my own real deep work and um and really connecting with the mushroom you know you both mentioned dmt um you know i i kind of taught myself how to extract uh dmt from mimosa hostilis uh you know did my first dmt dmt journey by myself all most of this stuff outside of ayahuasca was done by myself uh which you know a lot of people say wow that's crazy i'm like well i'm crazy so there you go uh but um you know um uh, doing the work uh, by myself kind of led me to, uh, you know, essentially consciousness just telling me that this was my path and that I really, you know, to, to kind of continue on that path, the next step was to really help other people. Um, so I just kind of started throwing it out there, um, you know, to the universe and just kind of being a little more um, kind of out of the closet about my um, my exploration of, of consciousness, not only through um, entheogens, but also through meditation and, and, and a pretty devout mindfulness practice. And, um, you know, a lot of people just kind of rolling their eyes at me and you know there's a crazy old guy yeah he's you know and uh but but over time you know people started reaching back out and they started saying hey you know i'm reading a lot about how um psilocybin in particular can help um uh can help with things like depression anxiety ptsd ocd uh you know you name it any mental health issue really psilocybin there's you know there's 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 studies underway 
uh, to kind of look into that the efficacy of helping not just with the symptoms, you know, these all of these mental health issues are symptoms of trauma, but actually digging in and addressing the trauma itself and the root cause of these symptoms. And so, you know, doing a lot of reading and a lot of listening and, um, you know, a lot of my own work um, with the molecule um, brought me to just kind of getting people up here to this little cabin, you know, over the last, it's only been about nine, 10 months now, but I've had a, you know, quite a few folks come up and, um, you know, what I do is I work with them on preparation. So kind of really helping them understand what's involved here, helping them set a really strong intention and, um, you know, helping them prepare for a journey in a really um, kind of, you know, intentional way. You know, I, I always recommend, um, it's almost like an ayahuasca dieta. So, um, you know, real clean diet, a clean media diet. So, you know, stay off social media, stay away from news, stay away from violent video games and, um, you know, really kind of almost purify yourself prior to the, uh, to the journey. Um, and then, you know, getting them up here and, um, you know, I hold my own little ceremony here, you know, for, I, I kind of practice, a, I would say it's a kind of a, a mesh of, uh, Buddhism and shamanism. Uh, you know, I believe in panpsychism, which is, you know, the consciousness of everything. So, um, get pe getting people up here where you're kind of, you know, smack dab in the middle of nature, um, you know, doing a really intentional kind of long mindfulness, body scan meditation prior, uh, doing a little cleansing with, uh, you know, mapacho and rape, depending on um, the, the person, whether or not they are, they're comfortable taking those medicines, but um, uh, using those as a purification uh, modality prior to the mushroom. And then um, I typically do a lemon tech tea with them. And, um, you know, I usually do like um, start out with, you know, two and a half to three grams, pretty big dose. And then, um, you know, if they uh, 90 minutes later, if they want to go deeper, uh, I always, you know, give them a couple more grams and go there. And then, uh, you know, I just uh, typically I just sit for them and I just make sure they're safe. And if they come out and if they're struggling or challenged, you know, get them back on track and under let them know that it's OK to be challenged in the journey. That means you're actually doing some work. And, right. you know, it's not it's not all rainbows and unicorns. In fact, you know, the more challenging it is, usually the more beneficial it is to your life in this consensus reality. And then, right. um, you know, the next day or that evening, whatever it is, um, you know, kind of do a sharing circle and have them share as much as they're comfortable with about their journey and kind of help them unpack things. Um, so kind of work through that. And then I typically do a couple of follow up sessions with them, you know usually at a two or four week marker, uh, make sure they're on track. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always hounding people about meditating, you know, and, you know, my whole thing is, Hey, you know, people always go, Oh, I can't meditate. My mind's too busy. I'm like, do you know how to breathe? Yeah. Yeah. I know how to breathe. Well, if you know how to breathe, then you can meditate because yeah. that's all you got to do is just focus on your breath. Even for a couple minutes, it's better than nothing. And so I kind of hammer that home and um, and really get them to think about mindfulness in their life and about what they learned 
from the mushroom space and bringing it into their life in a mindful way. And um, really kind of, you know, it's all about kind of checking your ego and making sure that, you know, you're being mindful about how you're reacting to things. Um, I like to say there's like this little, you know, the, the divine present moment, right? It's in this sandwiched in between stimulus and response. And it's that little tiny moment where you have the ability to completely change your life by being present. And uh, so that's kind of my process, long-winded way of telling you about how I work with people. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's amazing you said that. Mike and I were just on a um, a podcast, and like, what what did you say exactly um, about that? It, that's the gap, right? Oh, the the gap between the mind and or the uh, I guess you could say the higher self and the the ego is one way to say it. But psychedelics seem to have a profound way of almost overstimulating your consciousness in a way that makes you be able to look at it in an objective way, which I would call higher self or the heart. And that lower stuff is the matrix, the programming, the mental categorization, all that. And and if you if you start to practice or exercise creating that gap, then we can live in that gap a little more often. So when we're living life and we're stimulated, we have a a greater opportunity to make a different decision rather than getting knee-jerk reactions all the time, which I would say that's what freedom actually is. No, absolutely. That's uh, that's spot on. Right. That impulse control. I mean, I know I have issues with impulse control. I'm sure most people do, especially if you grew up in a place like Las Vegas, like I did, it's, you know, impulse and stimulus constantly. And if you don't have that, mental capacity to slow down enough to look in at that that tiny gap between stimulus and response and be able to make um, a decision to really benefit you rather than harm you you know that that the that's the outcome of a completely different reality you know that you can set yourself up for right or, or like we said before different uh longevity of relationships etc like your your interaction with the world and humanity is completely different um with changing that that response time just uh just by a few seconds um and you know it's hard for people to to slow down enough to even realize that there is this a chance for you um to make a choice uh with how you respond to to the stimulus in in your life this is really cool i just want to share this with you guys um so you guys i feel like we've been touching on some really deep stuff lately and it's so we have like a shot basically we find you creating like into our body the first energy centers energies entering into almost going into the to the root like the first like a fear response it's like a fight or flight like an aggressive response and that because response is going to be like almost like towards self-conflict response if you can settle in to me and then you can take it to the next breath of like um you know intuition gut heart centered decision or you can vocalize how you feel about it, or you can come into like a wisdom, you know, the, the more breaths you take, the more wise. You... 
And that's why I feel like mindfulness and, and the breath is that first self-conflict response to the next step. And then you, you start to make wiser and wiser decisions as you kind of see what the coming into you. So. Yeah, and I think that's why it's called a practice, whether it's breath work, even dance. It gives you a chance to get so enveloped in your body or in the, the, the exercise of breathing that it gives you that chance to step back for a second. Um, it's, we're yeah. just lucky the cycling works so well. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I, I know for me with my meditation, um, uh, the first book I read was uh, a book by Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural. And he kind of forwarded this uh, meditation technique. Um, and it's a, it's a Kundalini, I learned later it's a Kundalini meditation and yoga technique. Uh, basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, you, you, uh, you, <laughs> Sorry, I laugh every time I say this, but it's true. You uh, you uh, pucker you pucker your butthole and you move your your prana up through your root chakra all the way up through your all your chakras and then out your crown chakra. And by moving uh, by mindfully moving your prana, you basically almost like it's almost like boring out um, like a, a pathway or or paving a highway for your pranic energy um and i think that's what led to my kundalini awakening i mean uh you know to this day my prana lights up super easy and um you know and uh and i can do it at will and i'm not like oh i'm such a good meditator or anything it, it just happens like it just happens and I, I know that anybody can do this anybody we are all wired the same way. We are all created the same way. It just takes practice. And that's exactly it. It is about practicing and, you know, like mindfulness, you know, like, you know, honing that little space between steam, stimulus and response. Um, it takes practice and it takes, you know, you know, like anything, like anything, anything we do as human beings to get good at something, Yes, some some people have gifts, but at the end of the day, everything takes practice. And getting rid of that old programming to make way for, um, you know, new new neural connections, new ideas, new new perspectives, way of seeing things, so that you can kind of uh, get rid of some of that trauma. I think, you know, it doesn't have to be trauma in the way we've been taught what, you know, this is traumatic or not. Like, I think being programmed into a society of, of the way so many things are and we're supposed to think that that's normal, um, that in itself is trauma, I believe. So, like, breaking down that default mode network enough to um, be open to uh, – <clears throat> that energy right and, and that new way of of maybe living so that you can then feel see and then share it with others oh um, yeah oh yeah no 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 I, you're spot on i mean we live in a highly traumatic traumatic world you know and it's amplified through media through capitalism through um you know the government the medical system you name it 
I mean, you just look around, just read any set of headlines. How many of those headlines have fear related to them? You know, fear drives all media and, you know, fear is trauma. And, um, you know, that's why it's really important to continue to do work. And, you know, what I always say to people who turn to the medicine, I'm like, you know, this is the start of your journey. Don't think that you're going to, you know, do the mushrooms and you're going to be healed. It's going to start you on the path to healing. And it's going to be a continuous thing because we are constantly being bombarded with trauma throughout our day. I mean, there's a reason I don't have TVs in my house and I don't listen to a lot of stuff and I don't have a lot of media is because it is 90% of it is jam packed with fear and trauma. And I'm like, I don't need that. You know, I'll just listen to the birds and I'll, you know, listen to the river and go about my day and, you know, tend to my garden. Um, but I think, you know, I think that that's part of that disconnection from nature, too. And it's part of the mandate of the matrix. I, you know, I don't want to sound like Scott, some kind of, you know, conspiracy theorist or anything. But at the end of the day, you know, capitalism and, um you know, and, and control kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, they, they, you know, when you think about it, look at our food system, right? They want us to eat shitty food because it makes us sick. So we have to buy their drugs. And so we have to continue, we have to have jobs with in the United States. So we do, in order to have like medical coverage, you pretty much have to have a job and, you know, they want to keep us trapped in the cubicle. You know, they want us to keep, to be sick, to be fearful, you know, that's control. And right. you know, I think a lot of people are just breaking away from that. They're like, they're just saying, like you say, you bought five acres. You said, that's enough. I'm going to live my life for now. I'm not going to live it for, you know, 30 years down the road when I can finally retire. Right. Like, that's and part of that. Too old and or sick to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really crazy that almost every guest we have on this podcast, um, people that I've talked to that are exploring psychedelics, you know, it's psychedelics. Somehow we got fed up or there's trauma that we were sensitive enough to identify, like there's something not right and we're not programmed enough to just be oblivious to it. So we search outside and find psychedelics as a way to expand or heal, or we found them as a, as a youngster you know, like you said, recreational. And then we go back 10, 20 years later, like, hey, there could be something to this. Now there's science behind it. Let's try it out again. But point really is the message that everybody gets from these things is like, uh, we're not happy enough's enough. Things have to change. Like, uh, and we have such profound experiences that everybody wants to then share it with the next person. Like it's not, you know, I've had so many amazing memory, memorable experiences, um, drunk, uh, on alcohol, but I never think I need to like get a group together or start a podcast or like a website or a company or do research and like share this with other people. Right. Like you were drunk. Uh, you had a great time, but for some reason, and you can speak on it, uh, you know, why you decided to take it upon yourself to share it with others. Like, why do we have these experiences and not only heal and explore, but like, we have to make it our life's mission now to share it 
with everybody else? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, I don't think everyone has that calling. And I think, I honestly think that the more you do the work through non-ordinary states of consciousness, be it meditation or yoga or um, entheogens, uh, I think the more you get to that kind of divine purpose. Um, and I think it's different for everybody. I mean, for me, it was really just about, um, it's about healing. And really, I know I've, I've always, for even before I got into meditation, I realized I was a pretty highly empathic person. And I really kind of took on other people's energy. And um, I didn't understand it or anything then. But, um, you know, through my work with the medicine, I really understood that it's, it's actually, you know, it really is feeling other people's energy and understanding what they're going through. And, um, you know, to me, there was just no, no better way to live out my life and to um, live with meaning and purpose than to help other people find their own divine purpose. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, quite often people kind of define purpose by, oh, what am I going to do to make a living? And I think that's changing. I think and I, I, I believe that work through these non-ordinary states of consciousness help us redefine what purpose means. And, you know, and it's different for everybody. And, you know, not everyone is going to want to, you know, be able to, you know, um, to kind of dive right into psychedelics and then, you know, share them with the world. Um, but but I think, uh, you know, many people are because I think it's that that pressure of the world around us, the pressure of fear and the pressure of, you know, the impending specter of climate change and climate collapse and, um, you know, really understanding consciousness and understanding who we are and why we're here. Um, you know, it's the, the most profound questions, you know, um, you know, in the human experience come, you know, bubble up to the surface and, you know, uh, it's it's all kind of part of the journey, I think. And, you know, defining purpose is obviously, you know, uh, for, you know, anybody who's like somewhat, you know, on the path to awakening, that is, you know, if there is, you can call it a goal, that's their primary goal. Like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And what do I need to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. That sure, search for the energy, that that spark, that motivation that like that turns your frequency up to where you don't feel like you're working. You know, you can't sleep. You can't wait to just keep pushing, grinding on whatever this newfound exploration, uh, you know, passion, job idea, invention, whatever it may be. Right. Like people are searching for that. What what? here can turn it up like for me so i have that purpose and want to live and and don't let all the other stuff creep in i believe you know and the shift is i i feel and we've talked about it on other shows it's it's happening now this shift in um van life and tiny home living and communes popping up everywhere because you can have a lot of land and many people on it if you all live in a you know, 100 or 200 square foot home instead of a 2,000 or 4,000 square foot home. 
and people quitting their jobs left and right saying no more will I develop gray hair on a daily basis to get up at 6 a.m. and work and sit in traffic to pay for shit that I don't need. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, we've been lied to. We've been duped. Like, there's another way and we're not going to deal with it. Like, uh, it, it's it's basically that shift is happening, I think, with or without psychedelics. But it's that shift is happening. And I feel like it's leading people to psychedelics and people are taking more psychedelics that are leading them into that. You know what? I'm packing it all or selling it all really and, and moving out and, and starting over. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that that's where people that have had a little bit more experience feel like they've been called to maybe help the other people because you do become more conscious, uh, where, more sensitive and more of an empath, right? So I feel like that's where people are starting to step in um, to, to try to fill that void, right? Like, I, I know that something has helped me. Let me share it with you. And then it just kind of snowballs into you're having retreats at your, your own spot and yeah. you're starting companies and, right, and that's kind of where it, it turns into an industry and or a uh, uh, a revolution of people are going to heal themselves. I think our last guest said she finally realized, like, I don't need medical insurance. I can heal myself. You know, it's a real, a yeah. real danger to the systems, these governmental systems and these corporations when we take psychedelics and have these epiphanies and realize, you know, we are our brother's keeper. We are our own shaman. We are our own energy field and medicine. Like I am, you know, and if we're present enough to like heal ourselves, um, it's perfectly um, possible, right? Yes, yes to all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the other thing too is the, um, um, you know, getting deeper connection to nature. Uh, you know, learning to grow our own food, let understanding the physiology and biology of plants and fungi, understanding uh, their consciousness. I mean, you know, there's all these things about better understanding the other li living beings uh, on our planet and learning to live in symbiotic harmony with them. And, um, you know, I think that's, uh, again, you know, plant and fungi medicine, they, they, they teach us, they teach us, they're wiser than us, they're smarter than us. And they go in and they show us like we're just basically pretty basic mammalian blobs at the end of the day. You know, it's funny. I had this ayahuasca experience and that is what I turned into in ayahuasca. I was my my consciousness couldn't even pick up that I was a human being. All I knew was I was a mammal and I had absolutely zero egoic thought at all. I was just breathing. That was it. And it was funny because, you know, I get there in meditation, but this was like something completely beyond that. It was the most bizarre and most peace, peaceful state you could ever imagine. I was just a blob of a mammal. I, I kind of like pictured myself. I was like a walrus or something. I'm really not that heavy, but. Uh, <laughs> like a big, uh, what's that? The. the... Oh, I'm sure the fans of uh, was it Star Wars, um, the big Jabba, 
Yeah, Jabba the Hutt. Jabba yeah. the Hutt, right? Like yeah. just a big blob with a face. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know if I had a face, uh, <laughs> but I just. I. I can remember it so clearly because I just remember going, "Oh my God, I'm just a mammal." Like that's it, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and you know that that kind of that complete ego dissolution, and you get to that point, and you realize, you know, and how much of your life's challenges are your own shit and it's just your ego causing trouble. And I, I always tell people, you know, when they go, Oh, so-and-so this, that, that I'm like, Hey, wait, 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 pull back, pull back. I go hundred percent of the time when you have a uh, altercation with someone else or a disagreement, it is a hundred percent your shit, your shit. Right. Back it up, <laughs> back it up. Stop pointing fingers look in the mirror, you know, and I tell you, you know, that, that, that point of just, you know, and it takes constant work, of course, right. Because our egos are so incredibly strong and um, you know, but I tell you, you know, when you can, again, that little moment between stimulus and response and you can kind of turn it on your ego and go, wait, 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 you're being a dick, you know, you're, you know, it's you, not them. And, right. you know, even when you have really difficult people, again, you know, the uh, there's nothing more powerful than somebody being really difficult. And for you just kind of looking at them and addressing them with love and compassion and trying to get and understand their point of view. And then you can diffuse that situation. There is nothing more satisfying and more empowering than to be able to do that in a, in a difficult situation. Oh sure, that's that shows the the restraint and control, um, which means you know, in in my opinion, it's just you've had more practice, you know, to and, and you're you're better you're you're better at looking at that that you know you're mining the gap basically and yeah. taking get that small sex uh, section you have to to decide the yeah. best mode of action, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's funny you use that word control because, you know, again, another, you know, one of the universe's beautiful paradoxes, right, is the actual uh, issue of control in that situation is actually the opposite. It's surrender. You're surrendering to the situation. You're surrendering your ego's control over the situation, and you're turning to your the universal field and, you know, the universal law of love and understanding and compassion. Uh, and so, you know, it's funny cause you know, the whole dichotomy of, uh, you know, control and surrender. I don't know how many of you have had that as a major theme in your psychedelic journeys, right? It's all the oh. time. <laughs> oh, you have to yeah. let go. You know, I used to tell people doing DMT, like it's you're going to blast off through that wormhole like a roller coaster. But if you try to stop it, you know, if you grab your hands and drag your nails through that, you know, fighting it the whole way, you're just hurting yourself. Like you got to strap yeah. in and, and go and and remember to breathe. You'll be fine. I'll see you when you get back, you know, and and. <laughs> And it's like, you know, trying to control it is that's showing you, I think, right away, that's where your therapy starts. You you have too much of a need to control things and you need to just let go. Yep. You know, um, what you just said, it's like basically you need to 
we've talked about it in just this last podcast again it's it's amazing the things that everyone keeps touching on that you know you have to just basically hire hire your acceptance and lower your expectations really um because that's where your control comes into play um and ego right like your ego is there as as a benefit um it's not everyone talks about ego death you don't want to kill your ego i mean that's your connection between like your higher self and your physical body and how you react to the reality you're living in basically like your ego is what makes you 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 just don't want your ego to be unbalanced and start turning into a narcissistic prick or you, you know someone who is just completely cut off to what life is really offering which is like like you said love and compassion and and relationships yeah. and, and like sharing our experiences and and helping everyone along the way um to to have a happier and better life right like yeah they, that ego really needs to just be examined and tweaked to best benefit your energy and, and your alignment with, with your views um, and views in, in the terms of like that you've even gone through that. Right. And, and kind of done your spiritual cleaning um, and gotten rid of all that old shit that might be holding you back from experiencing what life is now you know life changes every day but for some reason we feel like we should stay the same and always eat the same things and believe the same things and watch the same things and do the same things and right like creatures of habit in a world that is spinning through the cosmos uh, uh, you know millions of miles an hour it's like it's pretty crazy that people become so content and settle and the same 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 um, and it takes something like a high journey to be like, oh, wait, there's something else. You know, I just saw The Matrix. It's not just a movie, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that uh, we t- touched on that. I did want to talk to you also about your work with with Double Blind. You took the, the trip sitting, harm reduction and best practices. Um, what- I did. I, I did. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a subscriber uh, to their, to their periodical. And, um, you know, I've been trying to educate myself and get a little credential under my belt. Cause you know, I'm, I'm still pretty new to this space, uh, you know, relatively speaking. And, um, you know, I just kind of, there's it, I kind of like to say that I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm number one, I'm a student of life in general. And of course, trying to understand um, these non-ordinary states of consciousness, um, you know, the, the highly complex world of the human psyche, um, you know, mental health, spirituality, I mean, the body, mind, spirit connection, et cetera. Like, I mean, you're basically talking about, you know, uh, understanding, you know, the cosmos. And, uh, so, uh, you know, my learning will never stop. I'm always reading books, um, on the subject matter and, you know, listening to podcasts such as this and, you know, hearing other people's views and understanding their experiences. So, um, that was one course I took another, I took another course recently on psychic from psychedelic dot support, 
Um, they're an organization. They primarily focus on uh, the clinical therapeutic community, which um, you know it's not really my uh, my area of expertise. Um, but I took a course on psilocybin with them to better understand the molecule, um, things like different drug interactions, you know, safety protocols. Um, you know, really understanding uh, the medicine from a physical perspective. Um, you know, again, I'm pretty new to this, so I'm constantly trying to you know learn more on it. Um, that all said, I think it's really interesting, you know, the clinical therapeutic community, you know, many of them are kind of diving in head first on this and very few of them have experience with the medicines. And it's, um, you know, I think that they really need to be uh, embracing uh, indigenous and spiritual healers who have been working with these medicines for, you know, in some cases, thousands of years. And um, I think there's a lot to be said for us really kind of embracing the wisdom of, um, you know, not only indigenous use of the medicines, but uh, indigenous worldviews on uh, connection and symbiosis with nature and reverence for nature and, uh, you know, all those good things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real big fan of, you know, a nature-based society. And I think that's where we need to go if we're going to turn this ship around. Oh, for sure. We have to have a full symbiotic relationship with the medicine, the, the, the world that we live on and like, where we won't have it's we're killing ourselves. You know, it's either AI will slowly take us out because they've realized that we're the problem or one day, hopefully we will realize that, that uh, without a planet, we don't, nothing we do matters. Right. Um, but being able to kind of see that and, and spread that energy, I think that's why more and more people are, are doing what you're doing and, and trying to share and learn. Um, one question I have though, is don't, do you feel like taking the medicines and having the experiences is teaching you probably how to better relay this therapy and this work and, and, and dive into your own psyche and then dive into help or help people integrate and analyze their own experiences um, rather than taking a course online. I mean, it's all, it all helps, but don't you feel like you there's, you can study for 30 years, but have one experience and you'll learn more than, right. I mean, that's yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, no. And I a hundred percent agree. Uh, you know, the coursework I've done to date is kind of really kind of better understanding the nuts and bolts and um, safety protocols. Um, uh, without a doubt, uh, the use with the medicine is uh, the best way to learn. Um, you know, a recent kind of uh, kind of uh, curve in my own work was uh, I learned that when I take medicine with people and I do a higher dose, I actually um, kind of pick up. Um, you know, talking about that kind of empathic connection, I basically it's been a couple times now it's happened. Uh, kind of get into their consciousness and um, into their experience. It's, you know, it's very similar to uh, ayahuasca. And if you've ever worked with ayahuasca and a carandero, you know, that's what the carandero's do is they kind of get into that consciousness and work with the energy. 
Um, but um, there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've kind of come out of it and it's been, you know, a, a kind of a, you know, ceremony, ceremony kind of type dose with friends and, you know, I've come out of it and we start talking about it afterwards. And I'm like, well, this was weird. This went on. And they're like, yeah, that was what I was experiencing. And then I kind of start unpacking it and I realized that I was in their experience and their consciousness and going through what they were going through. Like and, psychedelics is almost turning on your Bluetooth to. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the human Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's something I'm just, you know, I'm really just kind of, you know, dipping my toe in and got, starting to understand. I've spoken to a few other more experienced people with it and they've kind of concurred that that is, this is, you know, something that is actually fairly common uh, with people who kind of get into, you know, work with the medicine in a little more serious way. So, um, you know, again, all part of the beautiful journey and trying to understand this craziness of, you know, you know, not only our consensus reality, but all these non-ordinary states of consciousness that just kind of open up the, you know, multivariant, you know, layers of our multiverse, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. Of our existence and what we feel is reality or science fiction. I, I feel like we're the pioneers of, you know, 100, 200 years from now, the things we're talking about will be like proven um, telepathy, like we're experiencing so much of this stuff being on a higher plane that I feel the human brain will evolve to people in a few hundred years will take it for granted. Some of the things we're experiencing on psychedelics, like we're getting a glimpse of um, what's possible, but we're yeah. our brains, you know, we still have that blockage of like physics and, you know, quantum physics and, and, you know, all of these things that we feel like are, are, this is our physical world that we can't change. And, you know, you have to speak to someone in order to hear them or, or understand them rather than going off energy and feeling and, you know, walking through walls and moving objects with your brain like that. I feel like that will become something possible in the future and, and psychedelics, you know, are just now touching on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you 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 look at the experiments with quantum entanglement, and they they kind of prove all all those things basically. And right. so, um, yeah, we're just tipping the iceberg. And you know, I think that psychedelics, I think they've kind of they're kind of rising up into the zeitgeist because of you know we're we're at this real kind of critical tipping point. And, you know, let's face it, you can recycle all you want. You can drive an EV. You can, you know, you can protest oil lobbies. You can do all those things. At the end of the day, the only thing that's really going to save humanity is a shift in consciousness. And, you know, and people kind of waking up to their own true divinity and their connection to this incredible planet that we all share and the divinity of nature and all its incredible little beings. I mean, you know, you you look at things like COVID and the latest monkeypox and, you know, again, fear, fear, fear. And it's all nature. Like it's, you know, it's all I, I read this thing recently and somebody was talking about um, doing this kind of connection meditation to trees. And one of the comments was like, oh, but ticks, I'm afraid of ticks. I don't want ticks. 
I'm like, what, you're not going to go and go and like hug a tree. Cause you're afraid of getting a tick fall on you and bite you. Like, I mean, it just fear, fear of nature, you know? And it's like, no, we got to go in the opposite direction. We need to connect. We need to connect with each other. We need to connect with nature and all its beautiful beings. We shouldn't be afraid of dirt. You know, you look at the same soil movement now and a better understanding of our soil makeup and how soil is the founding, the foundation of life on this planet. And everything we've been doing has been just poisoning and eradicating our soil. And that's, you know, starting to turn around and starting to shift to regenerative agriculture and agroforestry and, you know, cyclical type uh, consumption versus our throwaway culture of, you know, oh, this will just last a year or, you know, fast fashion and all that bullshit where people just keep buying stuff and then tossing it into the landfill. That's changing. It's changing and it has to change faster. And so the more that we could talk to other people about, you know, this stuff. And I think, you know, get everybody to do a nice big dose of mushrooms. I think we'll all be a lot better off. That's what's up. Yeah, definitely. Well put. Um, so, yeah, I believe that um, <clears throat> we really hit on everything we wanted to talk about. If you want to keep going on, anything else you still wanted to cover? Um, I know that with mycology sciences, you guys are working with um, – non-psychedelic mushrooms right now right growing uh, yeah. different species of mushrooms and yeah yeah I'd, I'd love to touch on that so you know when i left software consulting i made the very uh strong intention that my next career move would be in psychedelics um you know the 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 challenge was that most of the jobs out there were in the area of research and clinical therapeutics and you know I, with no you know advanced degree in those areas i was like oh, i don't know what i'm going to do uh but um lo and behold i connected to uh an old friend of mine who i uh, grew up with and um i noticed he had a post on instagram about double blind magazine and i was like oh and i so i I messaged him and I said, I see you're like follow double blind. I go, I can assume you're dabbling in psychedelics. And he said, you could say that we should talk. And so I, uh, we got on a call and he told me about, you know, uh, you know, really focusing on cordyceps right now as a, as the, the species, because they're a real high value mushroom. They're actually, uh, you know, uh, gleaning a higher price per pound um, on a uh, open market versus black market psych- uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Oddly enough, they're almost like twice as valuable. Um, but um, so we're focused on, we have a facility in Santa Cruz, California. Um, we're focused on growing uh, cordyceps and formulating products from them. Um, you know, our, we all believe very strongly in uh, in psychedelics and psilocybin mushrooms. And, um, you know, we have every intention of going in that direction uh, as the legal pathways open up, uh, which we're pursuing as well, you know, with different organizations supporting them uh, just from a uh, supplier perspective um, at, uh, when we can get uh, legal authorization to do so. And what state are you guys working in to, to, for that, um, Washington? Yeah, so we have uh, uh, we're registered in uh, as a corporation in California, Washington State, uh, up in Canada, and then uh, we're also looking at Oregon right now for obvious reasons with uh, 
you know, psilocybin open, uh, opening up uh, January 1, 2023. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got our eyes set on that. It's already, uh, you know, all the kind of, you know, big, big psychedelic type companies, you know, it, I, I, I kind of bite my lip when I say that because, uh, you know, some of them are have questionable um, morals, I think. You know, right. I mean, you know, look at, you know, all the like compass pathways trying to like patent everything from like the type of furniture you have in your room to, well, you know, it, yeah, I mean, you can't patent nature. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, our, our intention is to get it so that, you know, everybody, you know, what's the other thing about starting with something like cordyceps is a very powerful fungus, really a lot of health benefits and wellness benefits, but it, it, it gets people, um, you know, into the world of fungi and gets them to understand fungi and become comfortable with them. Um, and, you know, you know, with that, like psilocybin mushrooms, getting more comfortable with nature and getting comfortable to understand things like whole food, uh, you know, whole nutrition, you know, really understanding the shit you're putting in your body affects every single component of your life. And um, so, you know, that's kind of our products are all going to be zero sugar, zero caffeine, zero, zero colors, additives, all that stuff. It's just going to be pure wellness and nutrition from nature. And um, you know, that's kind of our focus. Nice. And so you guys will be trying to fully like vertically integrate from I guess a spore to to sale and and fresh you know from farm to table I guess so yeah soon. yeah yeah I mean that's the uh, that's kind of the long range plan right now we're just focused on scaling up uh, the cordyceps grow uh, we just had our first harvest last month and I think I'd mentioned at the top of the podcast that you know I've been ingesting it for a week now and. I feel really good. I feel very, very good. And, um, I, you know, I don't know if it's the placebo effect or not, but, um, I've been super focused, super energetic, very productive. And, um, you know, I feel great. Uh, you know, that all said, um, you know, uh, once we scale up production, uh, we're also looking at, like, we have a lot of interest in, you know, the whole kind of, D, uh, DIY model and getting people to actually grow their own mushrooms. I don't know if any of you have grown your own mushrooms, but it is so much fun. It really mm -hmm. is. It's, it's, it's strange because, you know, I've grown my own cannabis before and I'm learning to grow all my own vegetables and things. Nothing compares to growing your own mushrooms. They are really fun to grow. And, um, and, you know, our intention is to just allow people to uh, really take control of their own wellness. And, you know, uh, if if we kind of, you know, grow ourselves out of a market because people can grow their own wellness products, then it's a win for us. You know, our main mandate is to help people through fungi and whether that's, you know, living healthier lives or addressing mental health issues down the road with psilocybin. Um, you know, we believe that fungi is, uh, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg here on what it can do. And uh, we're super excited about, you know, this journey and, um, and, you know, where it's going to take us and where it's going to take the people who work with us. So, um, you know, 
super stoked and very, very grateful to be part of Mycology Sciences. The, the founder is a really cool guy who's just, he's a killer entrepreneur and a, just a really good person who's, his mandate is to, you know, bring mushrooms to the world. And I think anybody who gets involved with uh, mycology and mushrooms, they all kind of say the same thing. You know, it's uh, it's like the mycelium kind of infects our DNA and gets us to think like like they do. You know, and if you're familiar with mycelium, right, you walk out into any forest, you're walking on top of an, a city of mycelium. Everything is connected through mycelium, all the trees, all the plants, everything. And it's, uh, you know, they're an ama- they're amazing beings and we're just starting to understand them now. Right. Yeah. It's pretty exciting stuff. Um, and I don't think any major corporation has, has come out with that model. Like we're going to um, empower all of our customers to cut us out of the deal. Um, right. Like, yeah. Uh, but you know, that's, that's really where, it comes into that karmic, you know, uh, you can't keep it unless you give it away. And like, really the mission isn't the the profits, it's the people, um, why you got into it in the first place. Right. It, it's Amen, like brother. Amen. Te- teaching, teaching people to fish rather than giving them a fish for the day. Um, and now you can like start to put these, you know, put these things into practice. Right. And like, and, and, turn it into a reality that people are actually able to um, quit paying on medical insurance and grow their own medicine in their own homes and in their own backyards and learn how to process it safely and consume it safely, integrate it properly with experienced um, doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and psychonauts like, like yourself. Uh, Like most of us have, um, done enough to where we have plenty of experience to share with the newbies for their first time. Right. Like I yeah. feel like anyone who's tried it for their first time, I, I've got plenty of experience to walk you through that first one. Now I don't want to say I can walk an experienced tripper through some of their deeper stuff. That's going to take someone more experienced than me. Right. You got to meet people where they're at and learn to stay in your lane in terms of, you know, don't, don't get ahead of yourself with, I think a lot of these companies will, like you said, uh, they'll, they'll start products, services, marketing, the whole nine yards, and they haven't ever had a psychedelic experience themselves. Um, and that yeah. disconnect I feel will really be the damaging or, or, you know, the deciding factor, I guess, in the success of uh, companies in this industry, entrepreneurs in this industry, um, because I feel like it's the first industry that isn't profit based, you know, um, yeah. and, and we'll see if it's a sustainable model, but I believe that it will be um, because people, everyone who does experience this wants to then share it and do so free of charge. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the people I work with mushrooms, uh, you know, I always encourage them to, um, you know, order some spores, learn how to grow your own, you know, like you say, have autonomy, have sovereignty over your own wellness. Right. Even if you start with like some fruits and vegetables, I think Michael uh, said he started a small little garden, like in one of his bedroom closets, like sprouting mung beans and 
just different proteins like um and microgreens i mean so like just get your hands in the soil a connection with with earth like there obviously is something with gardening or going out in nature and having that connection with being able to create something from seed like you know with growing cannabis you're not just growing a flower you're actually growing a flower that can then be picked and dried smoked or eaten and gives you a spiritual and psychedelic experience in and of itself right and that's like i've created that from a little bean seed to a spiritual awakening um that's where the power i think is you know that it, it wasn't prescribed you didn't have to make an appointment you don't have to do anything but like water it and and say hello to it each day right and that's no that's spot on that's spot on it's it's connecting to the consciousness of the plant and right. you know i learned through uh uh some ayahuasca experiences and speaking with the shaman that i work with that um about the power of ganja and about her you know Ganja is a master plant and she can be anything to anybody. Um, you know, she can numb pain. She can bury trauma. She can make you more creative. She can give you energy. She can put you to sleep. She's also really addictive. And I think a lot of people kind of uh, overlook that. And they, you know, they think that ganja is very benign. Um, you know, she's powerful medicine. And, you know, she oh, is yeah. very addictive. You know, I, I was a 40 year cannabis addict, you know, and it wasn't until I drank ayahuasca and dealt with it, my addiction to her that I was like, oh, OK. And I quit for six months and I recently picked it up again and do so with uh, with a lot of caution, because, I mean, I am really quick to just pick that up and smoke it every day at the end of my work day. You know, because well, weed's not a drug. We it's like, well, it's it's not a drug like you aren't going to have withdrawals in, in terms of how you would classify a drug. Right. Uh, like a heroin or DTs from alcohol. Uh, but anything you become dependent on, like uh, an enhanced I'm an enhancement smoker. Like I got to smoke before I do everything because it'll make it a little bit better. And yep. it's like, well, when how about the times when you don't have it? You're going to be miserable there. Like you need to be able to enjoy everything you're doing with or without. Right. That's, um, and that's right. More of a, a recreational, a recreational user. Um, Cause medicinal isn't an everyday, you know, or if it is, it's small doses or time doses. Like you don't just open up your bottle of pills and take three and then two and then four and at different times. And if you do, that's usually called an addiction or, you know, a mismanagement of, the substances you put in and out of your body you know um, yeah. Yeah. i've talked to one guy he said he smokes so much weed that he gets sick and ill and and curled over stomach pains till the, an ambulance is on the way like Jesus. people can't you know people can smoke enough pot now and i think with with the legalization in so many states and more medical research finally after you know 50 years that we're seeing that certain people's bodies don't metabolize the cannabis and it, it does cling on to fat cells if you're overweight or it does do a lot of things differently in, in people's bodies that it 
you know, it can be harmful. You might be allergic to it. I mean, plenty of people love peanut butter, but some people are allergic to peanuts. Like, you know, cannabis yeah. is not a, a, it's for everybody drug, just like any other plant substance product you put into your body. So I think learning how to use these things, um, especially with psychedelics, they're very powerful, you know, and, and we talked about it before it, it will usually get worse before it gets better. You know, taking psychedelics bring up a lot of trauma and a lot of, um, I believe, like you said, you're doing shadow work. You, you explained it in a way I haven't really heard before, like working with stuff you don't know is there, right? Yep. Like, and, yep. and, and, and that's pretty scary, I guess you could say, or the, the unknowing, like a lot of people go into therapy and can choose what they want to talk about or not, or they can bypass certain subjects and I don't really want to talk on that yet. I'm not ready. Like psychedelics, you don't really have the choice. It, what What's going to come up comes up and you got to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why having a really strong formulated intention is or intentions is so important because the mushrooms will give you what you need in order to answer your questions or to help alleviate pain uh, process trauma, what have you. I mean, I, a few months ago, I had, I processed the trauma of my dad's death. I was 11 years old when he was killed in a helicopter accident and I had never processed it. I remember getting, I was over in hockey school in Vancouver and I remember getting the message and I got pulled out of camp and uh, flown back over to the Island. And I landed in on Vancouver Island where I lived and my sister's boyfriends picked me up and they stick a bottle of whiskey in my hand and said, drink some of this. And I numbed for the next 40 years and I never ever grieved my dad's death until I processed it through the mushroom. And it was like a dam opening. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Like just so profound. And it's really hard not to cry when I talk about it. <laughs> and that's why I ask, I mean, that people really, you know, it's, it's stuff you have hidden from for so many years that you might not even know you're hiding from it. And then to bring it up, it makes you so vulnerable or open to, to, uh, but it passes, right. I guess you could say for people in a way, like it's, it gets harder when it's right there on the surface, but then when you're able to process it, integrate it, accept it, forgive, whatever that trauma might be, then it makes it easier to then let go. And then once you've gone through that, it, it's cleared out. Like it doesn't come back is I guess my question, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for I, I can say that for me personally, what it becomes is it be in, in, instead of this like horrible thing that happened, it becomes this lesson and this um, expression of gratitude where it's like, you know, in the case of my dad, I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, he was such a great guy and he would just love this place where I live now. Cause he was really into fishing and the outdoors and stuff. And then I reflect back on my life when he would take me fishing and stuff. And I was like, man, talk about gratitude. How lucky was I to have such an amazing guy in my life? And, um, and I realized that a lot of him is in me and I better understand myself by through processing the grief of his loss and then better understanding and really feeling the gratitude of his presence in my life. I better understand myself and my relation to other people. 
And it's just, it's this amazing kind of interconnected web, uh, you know, between all these things. And, um, and that's why I think shadow work is just so, so incredibly valuable, you know, and, uh, and it's not easy. It's, it is so not easy. Uh, and, uh, but it's so valuable and so worth it. You know, it's like the ayahuasca experience, you know, when you spend half the night purging, and, you know, so many people are afraid of that. I'm like, yeah, but it's, the, it's so rewarding because, you know, you're getting rid of energy blockages. You're getting rid of old shit that's holding you back, old shit that's making you be a certain way in ways that you're not happy with. And, right. you know, this is why that's why they call it work, you know, because it is, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's a, it's definitely uh, something that that people need to realize that there's, you know, you, you got a lot of stuff in there that is dictating the way you live right now. Um, and, you know, 30 years of therapy or a couple experiences with psychedelics and people that have, have tried it, tried and true, like um, can walk you through it, you know, and basically show you like, don't be afraid. This stuff's going to come up. And you'll be able to pass through it with acceptance and appreciation. Basically, stop being a victim to your experience. Yeah. Your, you know what's happened. Everything in in life, it, it it turns into everything in life has happened for me, not to me. Right? And, yeah. and oh just, man, that's beautiful. That's spot on. That's right. spot on. How many people's lives are just absolutely miserable because they are always the victim? Right. They're always all oh, this stuff keeps happening to me. You know, right. and, and I think that, you know, doing the work in the non-ordinary states of consciousness through psychedelics, meditation, what have you, it gives you that opportunity to look at the challenges as gifts and as opportunities to learn and evolve and ascend. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's all we can really uh, hope for, right? That's that's growth. Um, yep. And it's that's growth. Forms. Yeah. We'll be right back right after this short message from our sponsors. Psychoactive is a nonprofit association committed to psychedelic education and the advocacy for entheogen plants, fungi, and cacti for the millions of people around the world suffering with mental, emotional, and spiritual issues. Visit our website, psychoactive.com, for new products and services, including our advanced psychotherapy treatments and our new apparel line. Having a bad trip? Call our toll-free psychedelic hotline to speak to one of our patient consultants at 1-833-795-6633. Hello and welcome back. Hello, hello. All right, well, I just wanted to hear a little bit about where... Um, Party of One came from. Ever since you said that, I can't stop thinking about it. It's, it's a new phrase that I use um, and almost has meaning to me now. Like, you know, no one's going to mess with my day. I'm going to have a party of one all day. Just basically like, you know, positivity for me and nothing's going to infiltrate that, that mood. But I wanted to hear how it got started with you and how it applies. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Graham. Well, you know, um, it, it kind of, it came to me in a mushroom journey, of course. Uh, but in, you know, in theory, and it's odd because, you know, your, uh, your response to it, 
and it it kind of really resonating with you made me think about it more. And you know, really, I think it really boils down to is um, really uh, our propensity to go within and go within both in 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 entheogenic journeys, but also through meditation practice and. You know, when one does that and one practices that on a regular basis, it really does create, um, you know, for a lot of people, a lot more purpose and meaning in life. Uh, And, you know, things that uh, were formerly banal and not much meaning become to have a lot more meaning and bring a lot more joy. And I mean, you know, we can see that in the in the psychedelic or entheogenic experience where, you know, just looking at a tree can make us, you know, giggle uncontrollably with just pure joy. Um, But but I think that, you know, entering these non-ordinary states of consciousness through both uh, medicines, plant fungi medicines, but also through meditation uh, gives us that that ability to connect to the, the, the pure joy pure joy of life and of being and of uh creation uh but it is it is something that is experienced primarily on our own and um you know when we bring others into the mix it diverts our energy and our focus from that and so you know for me party of one has you know a kind of it's kind of a way of life you know at the end of the day your happiness uh you know is not generated uh, from others or from other things is generated from within. I love it, right? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I can definitely feel like it's there's a party going on if I go outside and I'm around. Uh, you know, I, I notice on psychedelics that you, I can hear every little sound. I can see every plant vibrating. And it's like I'm out here there's a lot going on that I normally wouldn't look at or pay attention to. And you're laughing hysterically or you're feeling great and all of all the above. And right. Yeah. uh, And that party of one, like becoming still or being able to reach like that universal energy or God energy, like the oneness, um, you know, it was just, it resonated with me because it has so many different layers of meaning to me. Um, and then there was this song that came on this band I listened to. They're like a hip hop group, but they have a whole song about like, um, basically I'm having a party at my house and no one's invited and like, no one's eating my shit no one's drinking my <laughs> beer. And I don't have to listen, you know, like, yeah, you know, I don't have to go out and be someone I'm not or worry about things. And yeah. like, I can uh, enjoy and really I think that's you know so much of um, people this herd mentality right of like trying to fit in or feel like you're not different Um, so you are always changing I feel I I do it uh, many times changing personality or ego comes out much more around groups of people um or you're more submissive which is like an opposite reaction right of uh of ego going and like some narcissistic traits that could come out just for like survival and in um society but you know it it seems to me that uh being able to 
take psychedelics and have this journey within and also with nature um, really expands the experience almost to the point where it can become overwhelming. Sometimes I feel on a psychedelic trip, like, man, I need to go inside and, and like zone out at the wall for a minute and like less and less stimulus right now, or, you know, usually feel like a comfort zone is turning on a television. And then I sit there the whole time, like, man, I need to go outside and experience because I'm feeling like the walls are closing in or why am I looking at this digital screen trying to program me and shove shit down my throat I don't need, right? And it brings that perspective out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 funny because uh, in my, my usual kind of mode with uh, psychedelics, and I prim- primarily use the mushroom, is uh, very much an inward journey indoors. You know, I lay down, I, I start with a deep meditation, the meditation, you know, continues as the medicine comes up. And then from there, I go into a trance-like state. And they, usually then there's some kind of like deep healing experience, some, uh, some purging, uh, you know, all that really fun stuff. And I tell you, leading up to this journey where I, you know, it was the party of one and I was frolicking around my property and talking away to myself. And I just had the best time of my life. And, um, leading up to that though, I had a lot of really, really tough, challenging journeys, a lot of real deep trauma healing and, um, you know, a lot of sessions of like, you know, hours long purging and, um, you know, really tough stuff. And so, you know, when this day emerged and it was a beautiful sunny day and I, I had done a preparation, uh, for this journey where my sister works with the medicines as well. And, um, she did this, uh, this, uh, meditation beforehand with me, a virtual meditation where you go and you visit your spirit guide and meet your spirit guide. And, um, and this was all not under the influence of anything. So she gets a guided meditation. She takes me through this experience. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was very much psychedelic in nature with no drugs. And, um, and, uh, you know, and then from there though, this spirit guide that I met was very playful and very happy and just really just, um, almost like a trickster figure, and, uh, and then, you know, I, I, you know, afterwards she goes, well, now you're going to take the medicine and it's time for you to explore a deeper relationship with the spirit guide. And so when I did that, you know, and I did my usual, I lay down thinking I'm going to have this real internal, you know, journey into the underworld and, you know, hang out with the spirit guide and learn more about my relationship with him, et cetera. Uh, But, you know, within the medicine comes up and then this voice goes, you got to go outside. And I just went outside and it's like, you know, I live in the middle of nature, you know, on a river and it's just like big old trees everywhere and stuff. And it was a party of one. It was just absolutely, I just like completely just overwhelmed with gratitude. Oh man, it was so beautiful. I'll never forget it. Right. Chokes me up. <laughs> it, yeah, it, that's it's definitely, it's funny you say the trickster that it, I believe it's um, one of Carl Jung's like seven personalities of the human psyche. One of them is the trickster. 
yeah. or the jack, the jackal, I believe, um, with like the trickster traits. So, um, but doesn't mean that that's all. Um, it sounds neg- negative in nature, but you know, I feel like visiting all of these different psyches and becoming okay with them is part of breaking down. I feel like our ego is built off of all of these different seven or so psyches, anima, onomia. Um, if you're familiar with Carl Jung's principles, the shadow. And yeah. so I, I feel like when all of those are blocked off or they all form, you know, without noticing each one, you have this overlying ego. And then when that ego kind of breaks down, then you can see each personality trait become even comfortable with familiar with them and then comfortable with them. Um, like the singer of tool. That's why it, people say, Oh, he's, he's bisexual or no, he's, he's talking about, he's wearing a bra on stage or he's talking about basically in his songs, like becoming comfortable with all of these different parts of your psyche. So you can finally be free and okay with it. And it doesn't cause uh, an overlying ego or tension, stress, depression, like mental health, really. Uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you bring up a really good point and, you know, Carl Jung's, uh, you know, extensive exploration of, of the shadow um, is a really good example of, you know, part of who we are that we typically shy away from and think that it's a bad thing. Um, And at the end of the day, the shadow is the balance of the light. And, you know, and you speak of the different archetypes of the human psyche. It is about getting those aligned and in balance. And then when you speak about, you know, gender, gender expression, sexual expression, it is also a balance of that. And, you know, we're taught in our culture to be one thing. You know, you have to be one thing. You have to pick one, pick a lane, identify with it. And that's not the way it is. You know, human expression. All of these other, right? Like you're suppressing all of these other archetypes by having to conform with one certain um, personality type when we have multiple and, and not even exploring ones we don't even know that we could have yet. You know, I was saying the uh, the the whole concept of party of one. You know, I think everything that we've talked about here, you know, the shadow, the the all the different um, you know archetypes of the human psyche. You know, Carl Jung's work. Uh, you know, the work of Stanislav Grof, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, perinatal work and like really understanding our complete life journey from pre-birth all the way through to the present moment. And with that, the present moment, I mean, you talk about party of one, we have this one moment in every second where we experience joy, you know, and anything outside of that, we're either dwelling on the past or we're projecting in a future that never comes. And of course, you know, all the Eastern, you know, mysticism, mystic, mystical religions, uh, you know, uh, you know, all the new age, you know, meditation gurus, you know, everybody's purporting the same thing is that really all we have is the present moment. And, you know, our culture uh, drives us to either, you know, dig into the past to correct our wrongs or to project into the future to 
protect us from, uh, you know, mistakes and ills. But at the end of the day, it's really just the present moment. That's all that matters. And that party of one, you know, our, our self in this human expression in that one moment of that present moment is where pure joy and divinity is found. Sure. I mean, it's hard for people to, to get there or to think, you know, why wouldn't I always want to recall on past, 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 because that's where we learned and we bring it to the present um, to be a smarter, better, do not make mistakes again. Um, you know, and, and always planning for the future, that's success. But I feel like a lot of these like mantras, like fail, uh, you, you fail to plan, you've planned to fail and all this is like that, that applies to this system that we're in and then economically um, this society that like demands so many things of you that you don't really want to do. Right. And yeah. So separating that of like being able to be present. Um, I mean, what do you say to like not being, cause that's the whole thing is like anxiety is, is trip future tripping and depression is woulda, shoulda, coulda. Right. Yep. Yep. No, it, it, it absolutely is. And of course, you know, PTSD is also, you know, the, the, the close cousin of depression and, uh, but it also kind of projects into anxiety as well. And it's kind of the, the worst of both, both worlds. And then of course we have ECD, OCD on all the manifestations of that, which are, you know, also respond symptoms of traumatic, uh, you know, unresolved trauma. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, all of this stuff, all of this stuff, all this party of one, this meditation, uh, you're working with the medicines, uh, living a mindful life and being mindful and intentional, you know, and, and, and when you talk about planning, you know, I think planning is necessary. I think our, I think humanity's taken it to an unnecessary level. I think you need to work towards things to manifest, you know, you don't just lay back and, you know, roll your eyes back in your head and expect us stuff to just disappear, you need to work towards something. Uh, but, you know, as you probably well know, Graham, you know, when you manifest something every time you go, well, that was interesting how that happened. That's not what I had planned or that's not what I what I thought how it would happen. But it uh, happens in hindsight. Looking back, it's like, OK, what you might get small little bits, glimpses, um, little crumbs that if you can like gather enough crumbs and then kind of work with, you know, these thoughts, visions, ideas, the inspiration you feel when you have like creative juices flowing um, or uh, on under the influence of these psychedelics where you can possibly transcend enough to different states of creativity, um, you know, being able to take that, idea it's still so much work to put it on paper how do you how do you turn it into an invention a product a service a a company uh, right um or or a lifestyle still is going to take like 21 days of uh, at least of consistent reprogramming and like basically delete this old software and download some new software um, in my brain before it becomes a habit. Um, 
that's that's still work dedication probably setting some alarms right like you you can for me anyways nothing's just going to appear um but you can definitely see so many things differently under the influence of psychedelics or a meditation and deep breathing or just getting on these different patterns of caring about your health. I feel like you can change your reality if you get up earlier or exercise or change your diet. Uh, I believe that once you change your physical body, mental will change as well and it plays a it bounces back and forth with uh, internal motivation i guess between mind body um and then spirit i, I guess forms absolutely i mean you know that's that's you know my maps mantras you know the mind body spirit connection and that's something that i certainly uh uh, you know, both support, but also promote within my practice. And when I work with people um, with the medicines is, um, you know, kind of approaching like this wellness holistically. And, you know, to your point, the body is an important part of that. And, you know, our, our, our food system is just, it consists of probably 90% poison. And, you know, we're jamming crap into our bodies all the time that, you know, creates illness and, you know, takes us further from our true divinity, you know, and that, that divinity is to live off of nature and to live with nature and to be in symbiotic, uh, you know, co coherence with nature. And, you know, our modern world has taken us further and further away from that, where, you know, everything that we do and see is separated by some kind of human intervention. And, um, you know, and so learning to grow our own food, you know, uh, eating organic, you know, switching to more of a plant based diet. But when you eat meat you know, sustainable, regenerative meat and finding providers that actually take care of their animals and have respect for their animals. I mean, all this feeds our body, but it also, to your point, you know, feeds our mind because of the gut mind connection, which is a very known scientific fact. And then that in turn lifts our spirit and connect us through that divinity of nature and the divinity of being in this, uh, you know, this existence with all these amazing living beings all around us all the time, you know, it's like what 80% of the, of the earth's land uh, mass is, is plants, you know, and when we, we start to look at plants and we start to understand them, you know, which is something I've been doing on my property here, you know, all these things where, you know, a lot of people think of as weeds or not, they're like these amazing, powerful medicinal plants that have all kinds of health benefits if we just learn to open our consciousness up to them. And so, okay. uh, yeah. People mow down this like entire field, you know, people hop on their weed whackers and just like go to town and then hop in their cars to go buy vitamins and medicines from the store for, you know, I know. Like I know, I tell you, you know, I don't know how many times I've been on a, a journey and, you know, these, these ridiculous paradoxes just keep popping out where it's like, look at how stupid you hum humans are. Like, do you realize how dumb you are? You know, yeah. 
we we do all these things it's just it's it's almost like you know where the you know somebody has a really nice yard and stuff right and they pay someone to come and look after their yard and take care of the plants and weed everything and stuff and then they pay a personal trainer to go and train their ass in a gym whereas if they just worked in their yard they would be fit and healthy and connected to nature whereas you know, it's like just like these crazy things that humans do. And granted, not everyone has a yard, and I understand that. But it, I just pull that out as an example of, you know, some of the ironies in life that kind of like, you're just like, really? We do that? Yeah, it's true. We do. Wow. That's yeah, part <laughs> of the, the blind consumerism that if we're told we need it, we start to believe we do. Um, yeah. And, and- and if it kills us, right, and like poisons us, or and or can drive us insane, I I, I try every day, <clears throat> excuse me, to less TV, less TV. I got shit to do. Turn the TV off. Like stop looking at phones. You know, you know, my younger yeah. sister stare at her phone while the while the movie's on, and it, it's like so you're watching TikTok and you're watching a movie all night long while you just spent all day in front of a computer screen as well for your job. Yeah. 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 Not, 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 but people get stuck in these, but I have to do this and lose that, that party of one worried about all of the other shit going on and then wonder why they're not happy. Right. I mean, that's what we're all trying to get to is being happy. And, uh, I feel like being able to go out in nature and enjoy it, laughing with it, expressing yourself with nature and back and forth feeling of vibration. That's really the party, not going to some club or. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my my whole thing is, you know, I lived in the city for over 40 years and, uh, you know, I love going to clubs. You know, everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, but at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm pretty introverted, you know, and uh, but I do like people and I do like uh, I do like the energy of cities in small doses. Uh, You know, I do like that. I love all the kind of expressions of humanity and culture that you find in a city. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's pretty draining. And, you know, there's a lot of energy in a city. And, you know, we're energetic beings. So at the end of the day, that is going to have a real impact on us over time. And, you know, whether it's kind of losing track of, uh, of our part in this beautiful expression of, of, of the divine that is our planet Earth, or it's us just losing sense of ourselves, uh, which I think are one and the same, you know, but anybody can meditate. Anybody can meditate anytime, even if they don't have access to plant medicine, they can meditate. And if people don't have access to plant medicine, get some spores, get or get a grow kit. It's legal in pretty much every state except for California and Idaho and I think Georgia are the only three states where psilocybin spores are illegal and they're not too difficult to grow. It's a bit of a learning curve, but it's really fun and you can grow your own medicine. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Right. I mean, and not to mention all of the other benefits you can get just by growing tomatoes or having a connection with nature period um you know and getting outside and being you know get your hands dirty 
um, I've read something that like just the rubber on our feet, on our shoes, um, you're, you're blocking this energetic connection that we have to the earth, the electromagnetic field that we're supposed to pay attention to. Right. But I feel like, uh, it's just lost and like psychedelics make you become aware of a lot of these things that they do that society, they, they... E economics, your, your, your job, you know, yeah, everything yeah. you lose contact with this whole other world that you can tap into like free energy, inspiration. Um, some people say it even to like, you know, knowledge, you know, if you can write down your ideas and then manifest that, like we said, into reality, um, that is right there. Like, uh, you know, the key, I feel like to, most of these billionaires, they say, like, I took acid, I took mushrooms and came up with this and yeah, worked yeah. very hard at it. And now it's changed humanity or, you know, these different things that like the iPhone, you know, these, these smartphones we're talking on right now are, are yeah. an example of that. Um, no, and you, know, you mentioned earlier creativity, and, and I think that's a really important point, too, because... Um, Creative expression is also that expression of, you know, the celebration of uh, self and the celebration of the divine all at the same time. You know, uh, you know, creativity is what is all around us. You know, some sure. kind of, you know, nature created these in incredibly complex symbiotic systems all around us. And it's like when you dig into it, it's just you. I, I get blown away all the time, and I just kind of drop to my knees and go, "Holy shit!" You know. But uh, but creative expression as the party of one, not only on psychedelics, because sometimes it's hard to you know pick up a pen or a paintbrush when you're you know tripping on 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 something. But the using that as an integration uh, practice um, in between journeys, I think is super powerful and super therapeutic. You know, personally, uh, you know, I like painting and landscaping design. I also write. And so I use that as creative expression to, uh, you know, work stuff out, but also just the joy of expression, the joy of, of just, you know, being creative and not having rules, you know, and I think that's where the real benefit comes in is that you produce something without rules and everything in our world seems to have rules, you know, that, you know, have, that have dropped on us. So, right. you know, b being able to be creative, I think is a great way to exercise that true party of one freedom and just the joy of being. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like. I'd look and, and feel like, because I paint, I've painted since I was young. I've played guitar for 20-something years, and that to me is like an emotional expression, release. Oh, I'm sure yeah. like, by going to the gym, but like you, you have to have these, in, in my opinion, like even my art is usually depicted of my mood and it's like a release where it's abstract or it's more defined in, in, in the lines and like, and I can get this emotional release. Um, you know, they're learning more than music and the vibrations and the connection with, with your mind and the sounds and your physical, the fingers and the dexterity, like it regrows 
neurons in your brain and forms new connections by a, you know by playing instruments and by going and connecting with nature or through painting it's like a meditation where you you know it calms parts of your brain and ignites other parts of your brain that that then will allow you to get into a meditative state um absolutely while you're awake and and you know you you spoke earlier about screens and screen time and stuff and you know uh you know people for the most part are just fed creativity that's created by others and they're just constantly in consumption mode and it's like you know that's you know, I, I'm no neuro neuroscientist or anything, but I can't see how that's entirely beneficial to your brain when you're just constantly just absorbing stuff and you're not processing much. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I I believe that's why, and there's been a lot of studies that have proven this is that's why entheogens are actually so beneficial for so many mental health challenges is because it does create neurogenesis and it does, you know, create new, new neural pathways. And then our job is to integrate and to create the software programming to fill those new neural pathways with positive activities such as creative expression, meditation, mindfulness, mindful, healthy eating. And, you know, so many people don't even want to chop a vegetable. It's like too much work. And I'm like, no, that's all part of it. You know, the prep is the meditation, you know? And um, yeah. I've noticed I'll eat, I'll, I'll spend an hour cooking and I'll munch it down in five minutes or less because I'm so hungry. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it's like, man, I, I realized sometimes I only took like two chews of that bite before I swallowed it. And I didn't enjoy the flavor or like savor it at all. It was just munch, 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 swallow, munch, 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 swallow. And, and it's like, Oh wait, I spent a lot of time to prepare this good tasting dish that I really didn't don't even remember tasting right now when i look back and think like what did it taste like how was it like i don't know i ate it so fast uh, i'm sure it was good <laughs> was, oh my god so- guilty as charged brother i am the same way i've i have to consciously check myself when i'm eating because uh i will i will eat stuff so fast where i can't swallow anymore like it it like blocks up and i'm like shit i have to stop eating for like five minutes just to get i actually went to the doctor for it and i did all these tests and everything they finally just go yeah you just eat too fast i'm like oh shit yeah you're just kind of a big man you're just uh wolfing it on down and i'm not- wolfing it all down just getting those getting those calories in me and not even bother chewing the shit right but you know in in asian countries or in practices with buddhist monks in tibet they they will sip on a small glass of tea for an hour, um, you know, and it's like, well, I've tried it. It gets cold and tastes nasty. What are they talking about? <laughs> you know, no, but it's, it's, yeah, the, the whole Buddhist tea ceremony. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's about it's it's, you know, all those practices are about pulling you into the present moment. And that's why, you know, we talk about food preparation and consuming it to really kind of you know, quite often we'll have our phone in our hand when we're eating and stuff. I advise people against that. It's like, you know, 
even if you're by yourself, just put the phone down, just enjoy your food. Like you could go without your phone for 10 minutes and, right. and be mindful of the, as you say, the taste, enjoy the food. You know, when I'm prepping it, I like marbling it just like vegetables and fruits and like just the construction of them and just the intricacy and the beauty of them. And, and, you know, it, it just, you know, it connects you more to your food. It connects you more to spirit to your body and you become more mindful about what you put into your body from there on in. You know, I know I just spoke to a friend of mine who's in the psychedelic space and he mentioned just how, you know, you start, you start on a kind of a regular plant medicine or fungi medicine, um, you know, practice and all of a sudden alcohol becomes a much smaller piece of your life. Be just, just because I think you're, you just come to respect your body a lot more. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've dealt with drinking my whole life, growing up in Las Vegas, um, and it's every time I would get a buzz on if I had mushrooms around, it's like I'm going to take more a higher dose, right? Because I have this liquid courage, and it would really react differently. I'd have a more inward trip than anyone else. I would have more of a negative or just kind of like not pure, like. Uh, and the whole time fighting nausea or, you know, I've never been one to like, oh, let's take some psychedelics and purge and or been, you know, it's it's been more of a recreational atmosphere every time for me in the past that. Well, I uh, I think we'll wrap it up here. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, getting so real and honest, open, um, giving us a little taste of what you're working on. Um, we will definitely have a link on the podcast and the website for Mycology Sciences so that people can come check you guys out. I know you're about to launch the website soon here. If you have a date you want to throw out so people can um, come check you guys out, we'll definitely have a link up on the, uh, on the podcast. So wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, you'll be able to see a link to uh, – get to Guy's site and, and see what him and his, his team are doing over at Mycology Sciences. Well, I appreciate that so much. I really appreciate your time and inviting me on. This has been a great conversation and you guys are welcome to come up to the cabin here in Washington state anytime and uh, spend some time in nature and uh, maybe imbibe with our, our friends, the mushroom. That's what's up. I I just wanted to say a closing piece. I really want to thank you, Guy. I really appreciate along the path. It's very beautiful, profound what you're doing. And um, I just wanted to reflect on, you know, one of your namesakes, which is for if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Um, I want to also add on in my work, you know, there's a saying, seek and so shall you find. I version is speak and so shall you find. And um, I just think it's time to uh, regrow the garden and don't be afraid to shine. So that's just, I just really appreciate you guys. Thank you both for doing what you do. And yeah, I'm grateful to be here with you guys. It's very beautiful. Thank awesome. you so much. That was beautiful, Grant. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys. You have a good day, blessed night, and we will definitely talk again here at Psychoactive. All right. Over and out, gentlemen. All Bye-bye. Right. Later. Thank you for tuning into the show. Please share this podcast with anybody that you know that could benefit from this information and 
Join us next week for another exciting episode. If you or someone you know would like to be featured on our show, please reach out. Our contact information can be found in the description. psychoactive entheogens podcast is for psychedelic education and resources only and never claims to give or offer medical health dietary therapeutic or financial advice we do not advocate advise or recommend the consumption cultivation manufacturing or selling of any illegal drugs regulated under the u.s controlled substance act and always recommend checking with your physician before taking any mind-altering substances Music for the Psychoactive Entheogens podcast provided by Frozen Turtle. For ice cold beats, check them out on Spotify or YouTube after this episode. You can click on the link found on the Psychoactive website to take you to all of his new music.